knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Welcome once again, everyone. Big Dave Lemon here tonight. Uh, Joe is off once again, and will be back with us on the show next week. But I have a special guest uh, via Skype, and that is Steve Blay, who is the uh, co-author with Quee Win of his uh, autobiography uh, of winning the World Series of Poker. The name of the book is uh, From Vietnam to Vegas, How I Won the WSOB Main Event Championship. And uh, Kui, uh, the obviously the official author, but, uh, you know, like a lot of people who uh, don't actually really write their own autobiographies, they tell all the facts, but someone has to help them get the words down, and uh, Steve was the one. Uh, I was contacted by the book company last year when the book came out. It was, I think, in November or something like that, and uh, being the procrastinator that I am, I kind of put things off, and I, I did eventually talk to Steve, and I realized that uh, maybe Quiwood is not going to be the greatest radio guest because uh, he obviously is uh, from Vietnam, and his English is not all that great. But uh, I, I did want to talk with Steve. The more I found out about Steve because of his uh, association as uh, the founder of AdvancedPokerTraining.com, and we'll get to Steve in just a minute. Lots to talk about, uh, especially with the World Series getting ready to kick off again for 2018. Uh, Steve's also had some dealings with Scott Blumstein, and we'll get into that as well. So we'll get to Steve in just a minute. Uh, just a couple of things before I start the show. Um, the, uh, there's a couple of big tournaments out there that we're keeping an eye on, both in the final table or near the final table right now. One is the uh, Monte Carlo WEPT event, which is uh, finishing down. I think there was about 20 players going into today. David Peters is second in chips uh, going into the day. I think, or, or in the top five anyway. Uh, and the chip leader was uh, Thomas Jozonis. So uh, I'm not real familiar with him, but he's from Lithuania. But there's a lot of big names in the final couple of tables over there. Patrick Antonius is still alive. Andrian, uh, Adrian, I should say, Mateos, Andrea Kari, Ole Shemian, Davidi Katai, a lot of the big international players, and these are all players that we'll see this summer over at the World Series. So uh should be kind of a nice final table when they get down to that one. The other one, uh, Daryl Fisher making a pretty deep run in the, uh, in the tournament uh, over in uh, Canada, the Party Poker Millions North America, uh, the main event of that one. Uh, Fish was the leader with 51 players left. They played down a little bit farther now, and I think they're down to the final five or something like that. So I'll get some of the results later in the show. We'll look at some of that. But big-name players in this one as well. Uh, including uh, Joseph Chong, who played very well down here at the Seminole Hard Rock, uh, Marv Rettenmeyer, Antonio Esfandiari, a lot of big names in both those tournaments, and uh, we'll keep an eye on those like we usually do. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. We'll get to Steve first. Uh, also, I have an interview that I did at the Hard Rock with, with Tony Burns, the tournament director of the Seminole Hard Rock, and it's a pretty wide-ranging interview. Uh, Tony gets into a little bit of uh, his personal life and, and how he uh, stuck around in South Florida when he had a good job offer up at Maryland Live. And it turned out very well for him as he is now uh, the tournament director, one of the biggest card rooms in the country, one of the most successful, and uh, certainly worked out well for him. So we didn't only talk about his personal life. We talked about the tournament, which was a big success in the brand-new Hard Rock Events Center, which just opened, and we're certainly looking forward to uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open later in August. But between now and then, obviously, the World Series of Poker, and uh, we're starting to put our focus on that. So uh, with that in mind, let's bring in Steve Blay. Uh, Steve lives in Gainesville, and uh, he is uh, the co-writer of this book, as I mentioned, uh, Quee Win's uh, autobiography of winning the 2016 World Series of Poker. Steve, thanks for uh, taking the time to uh, join me tonight. A lot of fun things to talk about, including your great site, which I've been looking at the last uh, couple of days. Great. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to be here, Dave. I'm looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, I noticed that uh, uh, you went several years without any real poker results, and so I'm wondering if you quit playing there for a while before you got back into it when you got started teaching, 
or uh, what is your poker playing history over the years? Yeah, you know, I have, you're right that I've been playing a lot less than I used to. I used to be a, an online player, a semi-professional online player back before Black Friday. But as far as live poker playing, I have been uh, so uh, in the tank working on this advanced poker training site for the last 10 years or so that I play enough live poker to keep my skills sharp is the way I look at it. I try to you know, living in Florida here, there's a lot of options, especially up in Gainesville. I can head over to Jacksonville or Daytona Beach or Tampa. Um, so I try to get out at least once a month and, uh, you know, and play cash games for a weekend, something like that, just to make sure I, uh, stay sharp. But, uh, but you're right. I don't, I don't play, certainly don't play anywhere close to full time anymore just because I'm so busy, uh, running advanced poker training and I do a lot of, uh, private coaching on the side as well. It's a good thing, for sure. Uh, the way I found uh, Steve, basically, besides being contacted by the book uh, and uh, they were setting up some interviews and that sort of thing, uh, I, you know, I put things off, and then I, I, I picked up a copy of Card Player that I had sitting in the table, and Steve was on the cover with his brother Alan, and uh, a complete discussion of of how the. Um, the coaching went with Kui back in the uh, World Series days and uh, how they've been brought this site along. And, and it's a really interesting story on how you got hooked up with Kui himself. Uh, tell us a little about that. Yeah, so I that all – it is a really interesting story. That all started because I was contacted by PokerNews.com before the November 9. Of course, the November 9 is gone now, but most players remember that back – in 2016, the final nine players in the World Series of Poker main event had to take about three or four months off, and they came back at the end of end of October, beginning of November, to play off for the for for all the money, and they were called the November Nine. So before the except, November except, Nine, except for one year, they were the October Nine or something. That's right. Yeah, and even the year, <laughs> even in 2016, it started on October 30th, right. so the final day was November. So yeah. But still called them the November nine. Exactly. Um, so prior to that, Poker News contacted me and said, uh, and w- you know we'd done some work with Poker News in the past, a uh, little bit of advertising with them and writing some articles for them and that kind of thing. And uh, one of the writers at Poker News asked me, "Do you think you could use your your site to do a simulation of the November nine? You know, create bots, create virtual." you know, robotic poker players that could simulate the personality styles of all nine players at the final table and then play them off against each other. So it sounded like an interesting challenge to me. So I looked up all the information I could find on all the nine players that were remaining, uh, anything, any articles about them, any hand histories we could find online. And I built, uh, you know, virtual representations of all of them. and, And I played out the final table of the main event uh, hundreds, thousands of times, and, and we published the results on PokerNews.com, and, and you know, what we found is that this Win bot I had made uh, was winning much more often than he really should have at, based on his chip stack. Uh, he was, you know, he was second in chips behind Cliff Josephy, but he was winning a whole lot more than Cliff Josephy was, and... Uh, and so, you know, we uh, we came up with some theories about why that might be and maybe some of the other play, you know, Quee's aggressive style, which we knew he was a very aggressive player. Maybe the other guys didn't match up well against that kind of style. But um, but we published those results on PokerNews.com, and one thing led to another, and I was contacted by by Quee and his family, and, uh, you know, they, they had read the article, and uh, they, you know, basically said, okay, Mr. Smarty Pants, do you think he can win this thing? Well, <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to fly your butt out here to Vegas and show him how to win it, you know. so uh, Really a, so a I, stroke of good fortune. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, just to give people some numbers, uh, out of 100, uh, uh, you know, simulations, I think Kui won 26 of them. And Cliff, who was the chip leader, as you mentioned, won only 17 and uh, Gordon Vai, who ended up finishing second, won 15. So, uh, in, in in theory, your 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 design predicted the winner of the of the the World Series of Poker that year. 
Yeah, yeah, and certainly that that number at twenty six that was uh, you know statistically significant. It wasn't like he just he, he won a you know that, that was uh, let's say you know thirty percent more than Cliff Josephy. And again, Cliff was the chip leader, so it 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 appeared there was something uh, there was something to the way this Quiwin bot was playing that the other players were having trouble with. And uh, and amazingly, that that if any to anyone that watched the final table there, that's exactly how it turned out. Like they just did not know what to do with his hyper aggressive style, and he had uh, exceptional instincts the whole time, and uh, and you know so uh, so something in the way that that bot played uh, did reflect reality, and it played up played out pretty much just like the simulation said it would. And uh, and of course, yeah, as you as you said, it was just really a stroke of luck for me to be in the right place at the right time to have that happen. I mean, this was any poker player's dream come true to be on the sidelines and uh, help someone win the eight million dollars. Yeah, and uh, of course, it was just a, a wild adventure in Las Vegas. And anyone who wants to read the story can either, uh, you know, can pick up the book or you can read about it in our, our blog. Uh, but the whole story is told in the book here, as well as. Kui uh, Wen's life story, and we also review uh, over 170 hands from the final table. We go into detail with the with the math behind them, as well as Kui's uh, you know Kui's take on all the hands and what he was actually thinking, going in depth into his thought process. So this book was a a huge amount of effort. I mean, I went yeah. into the what what you know it took me six months to crank this book out, working. Uh, pretty much full time on it, and uh, spending a lot of hours with Kui trying to really pick his brain and figure out what he was thinking on every hand. So uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm really proud of the book, uh, and I think it's, uh, I think it's a, just an exceptional learning tool for for tournament poker, just because Kui did make it, he made it look so easy at the final table there, and so you know, I think anyone would want to. Uh, read a book on you know what his uh, what his thought process was through those three days. Uh, before we get into the relationship between uh, uh, you and his team, there uh, just a quick point about the bots. When people, the average person hears poker bot, uh, they kind of have a negative connotation because those people have used bots in the past to cheat online. Uh, it's also a high flute in competitions that they had through. Uh, uh, I forget the college up there in the Northeast that uh, developed the contest, the two contests that they had against Doug Polk and some of those guys. But uh, it was either a highfalutin, uh, not understandable competition, or it was cheating. So this was a completely different thing when you put together these uh, simulations representing these players. Yeah, and you're right. That term, people don't react well when you say bots. So I try to say virtual opponents whenever I can because, of course, my <laughs> my website, advancedpokertraining.com, that's the, the core product we offer is this ability you can play against these bots and you can uh, – and, and as you play against them, they – they learn your style and try to beat you, and they give you advice as you play against them as well. So they're not they're not bots in the sense of bots that try to play for real money and cheat. They're bots that try to help you train and make you a better poker player. Were uh, when he asked you to coach him, did that absolutely floor you? Were you pr- completely shocked by that? Yeah, you know, I was, but I I want to clarify right there from the beginning that I I don't use that word coach to uh to describe my role. I mean, Kui was he's just really he's a phenomenal poker player. He just has such he's like no one else I've ever worked with. He has just unbelievable intuition and so we've been calling me uh his advisor, his poker advisor or something like that sometimes, but I I hesitate to ever use that word coach because he's He's in in his own right. He's just a. I feel like I was part of his support network. I was on the rail to try to you know encourage him and uh, you know talk through hands with him. And and I was watching the uh, the broadcast. Of course, it was you know it was on a thirty minute delay, but it was being broadcast on ESPN. So while he was playing, um, I was watching the broadcast and feeding him information about what kind of hands his opponents were folding and that kind of thing. But so you were the uh, guy. You were the guy he went over to talk to thirty minutes later. Yes, and also we had Young Fan was was my uh, partner in crime over there. Young Fan may not be a household name, but he's a you know longtime uh, professional poker player mm-hmm. from Los Angeles, and uh, and and Young was there as well. Uh, who he's uh, he was a 
he's a he's a great coach and uh he he they had a you know there was a we had a great advantage on some of the other teams because Young could communicate with Kui in his native Vietnamese and of course Kui was wearing a microphone uh the whole time and occasionally you know they would when uh, one of the players would go over and talk to their to their you know their team on the rail they would actually televise that and you could hear what they were talking about with their coaches or right, whoever right. um but of course what young young fan and I would talk beforehand and then when Kui came over he would actually communicate directly with young in vietnamese so unless on the outside chance someone had you know one of the other players had a vietnamese speaker on their team there was no way they could understand the the strategy we were talking about. So you didn't even have to put your baseball glove in front of your place in front of your face. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Uh yeah. when you uh you had a few days, obviously the tournament uh you know going on several days, uh three days for the final table in itself. Uh you were back were you back helping him out at all during the summer before he got to the final table or it just basically started during that uh, off period? Yeah, I, I came out less than a week before the uh, final table started, okay, okay. so that's all the time we had together. Now, what about uh, your relationship with his family and his, his team there? They called it uh, Team Tommy Gun, uh, basically. Uh, without getting into too much uh, sordid details about drinking and uh, sexual exploits, uh, you guys had a good time, I, I assume, celebrating the win. <laughs> yeah, we did. You know, the party was kind of tame afterwards. I mean, they, you know, when they finally won the thing, it was 4 a.m. Um, and they we had a uh, you know they had a, a a a huge party planned for him up in the presidential suite on the top floor of the of the Rio there. But the party was definitely kind of subdued because we were all just so tired. Oh yeah, you know, I can this was just draining. I mean, if you if you would have watched the uh, the actual broadcast when he when he finally won, uh, on the very last hand, when he finally won, I had intended to jump over the rail and go tackle him or something like that. I don't even know exactly what I was planning, but I physically could not get over the rail. I'd been standing <laughs> there in the same place for 10 hours that someone had to, someone else got across, and then they had to grab me and drag me over the rail. And, uh, and this was caught on national TV. In fact, back here at, uh, back here in Florida, so it was 4 a.m. in Vegas, it was 7 a.m in Florida and my wife and kids were already up the kids were getting ready for school and they were watching this on TV and they they got to see me getting dragged across the rail you know and, uh, uh, that's funny uh well uh this was a huge breakthrough in your career then uh when you look back and you had started this uh, poker training site like in 2008 so this is uh you know it's not an overnight success for something like this to happen to you 8 years later uh but what has it done for the site itself uh it you know it's it's really it's put us uh i mean we are the world's largest poker training site and we've grown, we just continued to grow and grow I and mean, we we've, we've really been growing every year but uh, you know, ever since we first started the site, but um, obviously the last year and a half since since Kui uh, won the world championship, the the growth has really been exponential. Um, so you know that that's great. It just you know, I think I think what uh, what we have is an amazing product. There's really nothing else like it. But it was just the the matter of getting it uh, to you know there were a lot of people that still didn't know about us. And uh, there's nothing like being on national TV for three nights in a row yeah, uh, to to get the word out about your site. So okay, well, so we have it. Hang on to that thought because I want to get into uh, what's behind the site and what people can expect and how it can help their game. But let's take a quick break here on the show, Steve. Hang on, I'll be back with you in a moment. Uh, but you can always pick up uh, Poker Action Line on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on all the places where you get your uh, podcast. We hope you'll join us. A lot of great guests this year and a lot of stuff still to come later in the summer, obviously, when the series gets underway. Uh, or you can go to our website at PokerActionLine.com and check out the show, and we hope you will do that. Uh, more with Steve Blay when we return. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. 
Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Welcome back to Poker Action Line. Big Dave Lemon. Uh, Joe will be back uh, in his chair next week. But my special guest tonight is Steve Blay, who is the co-author of From Vietnam to Vegas, the story of Quy Win's win in the WSOP main event in 2016. So uh, you can check that out. I guess that's available at all bookstores. or uh, it's a, I know the publisher is D&B Publishing, and so people can either go to the website or find the book uh, on uh, Barnes & Noble or wherever. Correct, Steve? That's correct. Yeah, you find it anywhere. DNBPoker.com is probably the easiest place, but it's on Amazon and all those other places as well. Okay, and tell me how you got involved with the book. Uh, I mean, obviously, you guys had talked about a lot of different things, I'm quite sure. And uh, whose idea was it to write the book and uh, that you would uh, ghostwrite it with him? So, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember who contacted who first, but uh, Dan and Byron are the D&B behind D&B Poker, and, you know, they're the largest poker publisher right now. And and we had a conversation shortly after the the big win, and we said, what, wouldn't it be cool to write a book kind of in the, in the same style as Gus Hansen's Every Hand Revealed? Right. Um, and where we actually go through day by day and, and uh, you know, pick out all the key hands from the final table and actually get Quee's perspective on them from his intuitive poker playing background and add in my perspective from, you know, I'm, I'm uh, really a poker academic at heart. So so our styles are very different and it just seemed to make for a make for a really interesting book. So so they were on board with that right away. Um of course, I did. You know, of course, they knew this. I didn't realize how long it takes to to write a book and how much work goes into the, writing a book. Right? <laughs> Honestly, I may never have gotten into it because I mean, I, <laughs> I literally spent I six months of my life on this thing. Um, and then after all the editing and the production and all that, it was about a year, really, after the World Series that it eventually came out. Right? It was. Yeah, it was pr- pretty much a year um, after after all was said and done. And I could never have done it without Dan and Byron, just because, as you can, if, if you've seen the book, the book uh, looks fantastic. It's you know, it's one of those things you could never self-publish something like this. Um, but the the book itself is just is just I, I think it's great because. Uh, our, our styles contrast so much, and so I really I spent a ton of time with Kui, really trying to dig deep into his thought process because his thought process is so not mathematical like mine is, um, and he has this uh, this interesting take on poker that sometimes even defies the math behind it, but yet um, makes a lot of sense. You know, so I, I um, he's a gambler. Yeah, so he's a gambler. That's he's one part gambler, but uh, the other part is things that really cannot be mathematically expressed, but make complete sense. And I'll give you one example of that: is that when it got down to three players on the final day, so you had Qui and Cliff Josephy and Gordon Vio, and Qui was single-minded about getting into some kind of confrontation with Cliff Josephy and knocking Cliff Josephy out. And you know the math behind that doesn't really support that attitude because anyone that knows a little bit about tournament poker strategy knows uh you know by the independent chip model ICM you want to avoid big confrontations uh you know whenever you get into a big confrontation with another player in a poker tournament the other players that are not involved in that confrontation end up benefiting from that because one of the two you might get knocked out so the uh, the the mathematical poker logic says to avoid big confrontations, but 
Cui was adamant about doing battle with Chip, uh, with Cliff Josephy and, and trying to knock him out, even if he was uh, getting the worst of it in, in some kind of uh, all-in confrontation. And so that doesn't make any sense mathematically, but his logic in that was that he had played against Gordon Vio for long enough that he knew that if it got down to him and Gordon Vio heads up, that Gordon didn't stand a chance against him, that he his aggressive style would would just bully Gordon around and, and he would have an easy win. So to him, knocking out Cliff Josephy was as good as handing him the bracelet and giving him the $8 million. And so even though the math didn't really justify it, let's say taking a uh, a 60-40 shot against Cliff Josephy where he might be uh, the underdog with only a 40% chance to win, his take was that that's a 40% chance of winning the $8 million, so I'm ready Pretty to good. gamble it up with Cliff. Absolutely. And you're, you're a poker math guy and uh, an expert on game theory, so uh, the actual connection between you and him seems uh, kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah. In some ways, we, we make a good team because our styles are so different, but in other ways, our, our styles are almost kind of mutually exclusive because it, you know, so I think it was good. I, I think we worked well together, at least kind of, uh, both respecting each other's styles. And we had a lot of fun writing this book just because, uh, he would really, uh, you know, he would really challenge me, uh, um, you know, I, I would tell him, well, I, I don't know if I really agreed with that play. And he would say, well, why not? You know, what, what is it you don't agree with? And, and so he would really challenge me to back up, uh, you know, my, my mathematical take on things. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, he has, he has his own style of math that he does in his head. He doesn't, he doesn't have, um, you know, a, a very traditional education. He grew up in Vietnam, uh, in the late seventies, right after the, uh, in the Saigon after the Vietnam War, and uh, you know conditions were very difficult there, and he doesn't have a lot of formal education, uh, but he does have this different kind of math he does in his head, and so he would kind of challenge me uh, by by always looking at every poker problem from a totally different viewpoint. So, um, so it's it's I enjoy talking poker with him just because his style is so radically different than mine. We're talking with Steve Blay, uh, who, along with his brother Alan, developed AdvancedPokerTraining.com, one of the largest sites, maybe the largest site. I guess uh, I, I guess you only think of it in one way, but uh, uh, you guys developed this training site, which is very unique. And I want to get to that in just a minute, but just to close out on Quee, uh you had made the comment to me, uh, joking around, that he's living the rock star lifestyle. Of course, he won $8 million, and he really doesn't have to work again another day in his life. Uh, I don't even know how much poker he's still playing, but how has it changed him uh, winning this huge tournament? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he definitely has has made some uh, some big purchases, as anyone with eight million dollars would. He's got a, a beautiful brand new house, and uh, um, he lives and, in the uh, San Francisco area. No, he's he's still in Vegas. He's out in he Summerlin, is, which is like you know kind of a wealthy area of right, Las sure, Vegas. Sure. Um, so. Uh, so yeah, he. Uh, but you know, as a person, he's uh, he's still a. I I find him to be, him to be a very down to earth guy. I mean, the the rock star lifestyle notwithstanding, we have some really fun conversations. And he has a son who his son is um, six now, maybe going on seven, and he's very devoted to his son, and they they spend a lot of time together. Um, and so you know, he's he's uh, he's started to you know kind of. Uh, Maybe he's uh, um, he's he's definitely embracing the role as a dad and uh, still kind of you know half maybe half rock star half stay at home dad kind of type. So do you talk um, to him much? Uh, maybe you know once a month something like that. We we haven't been. I'm going to see him obviously this summer. I'm going to be out there for at least you know a week or two during the World Series. So I'm sure we'll see each other at that point. But um. Uh, we don't. It's not like we talk uh, every day or something like that. Right. Uh, well, it's a it's a great story, and uh, you know, it's like catching lightning in a bottle in some ways, just as it is to win the main event. Uh, I guess my final question about him is, we've seen guys, you know, do that, and then we never hear from him again. Peter Eastgate comes to mind. Uh, 
you know, guys over the years that really haven't challenged in any major tournaments. Uh, P.S. Hines, I guess, is another. But uh, do you think that uh, Kui will uh, make another final table again someday? I think it would certainly be in his uh, abilities to do so. I mean, he hasn't been playing as much poker as he used to just be, since the win, just because he has been trying to you know, spend more time with his son and do family things and just take it easy and enjoy the enjoy the winnings. Um, but, you know, when when he's ready to put his mind back to it, I think he could achieve anything because, really, I can't say enough what uh, what an exceptional poker player he is. He just has instincts like no other person I've ever worked with and you know you don't have to take my word for it you can obviously you can watch a replay of the 2016 main event and you'll see that pretty much without exception he was right every single time when he put a read on somebody right so uh yeah just he's an he's an incredible poker player whenever he's ready to to start playing poker again full-time and win another big event, I think it's totally within his grasp. Uh, let's switch over to advanced poker training and the you know what the site represents. I mean, I know that math is part of your gig. Uh, is it heavy in the math, explaining that to people? I know it's a simulated hands, and, and people actually kind of sit down and play against people, and then you can talk about it afterwards, which seems uh, pretty unique in the poker training world. Yeah, so the site is obviously it's evolved a lot over the years. It started out the the original core product is just as I mentioned before, you can play against these uh virtual poker players that will uh that will give you advice while you're playing against them. So uh you know, you can you can play much quicker. Obviously, one of one of the uh barriers to getting better at poker is you just can't play enough hands. You go to a poker room and you get in maybe 30 hands an hour or something like that and you're just not put in difficult situations often enough to to really learn how to handle them. Um whereas on advanced poker training you could play uh you know up to maybe 500 hands an hour and um and in addition to that you can put yourself into trouble situations over and over again in order to train in those situations. So, I mean, for example, um, pocket jacks. You know, you have a lot of people say that they, they really don't like playing pocket jacks, it's, or maybe ace-queen is another trouble hand for some people. You can configure the software to deal you pocket jacks or ace-queen over and over again, hundreds of times in a row, so you can train just with those hands. Um, or you can uh, you can freeze the button. Let's say you're having trouble playing out of the big blind and you want to work on your blind defense. You can freeze the button and then the software will deal you in the big blind hundreds of times in a row so you can specifically train on playing from in the big blind. So it's really versatile that way uh, to help you you know train at a, a at a rate. I mean, it would take years of live poker play to get the amount of training you can get probably in one week on, on advanced poker training. Uh, what's the best way for people just go to the site and just sign up and start doing it? Uh, I know that you have some kind of a special uh, rate for our listeners. Yes, yeah, as we talked about earlier. So, yeah, advancedpokertraining.com. If they go there, uh, you know, they can sign up, uh, just create an account for free to begin with, and then if they want to get access to all the features um, as a – Special deal just for you, Big Dave. You get the the offer code Big Dave. Uh, they can they can punch that in on the uh, the payment screen, and with with the code Big Dave, they're going to get a big discount on any of the membership packages. So they can just buy anywhere from one month to six months to a year to a lifetime membership, and they'll get a with with the offer code Big Dave. They'll get a discount on any of those. You call it the quickest path from beginner to world champion. Uh, how long does it take to turn your game around? I guess it depends on how hard you work, how often you go to the site, and how much uh, uh, training you take on it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, to play at a world class level is not going to happen overnight. But uh, you'd be amazed how quickly one can go from a to a beginner to someone playing at at a you know a, a high enough level to be able to beat you know middle stakes uh, let's say you know a two five cash game something like that by uh, by using the training uh, you know methods on APT I, I did want to mention one brand new thing we have is called this we call it the combat trainer that will actually let you you know I mentioned before you can you can train 
pre-flop with things like having a deal pocket jacks or ace queen to you over and over again. We also have a combat trainer that will let you train in very specific trouble situations on the flop and beyond, uh, in specific tournament scenarios where you might get yourself in trouble. So, um, as, you know, as one example there, let's say everyone knows that ace king looks really nice, but when you miss the flop, uh, you know, it's, it's, more difficult to play it, especially when you're out of position. So you can set up a scenario just like that in the combat trainer where it will deal you ace-king and uh, you raise, say you get a couple of callers, and then every time you'll miss the flop. So the thing will be configured to make sure you miss the flop every single time. Uh, and so again, really quickly, you'll be able to get more comfortable playing ace-king out of position when you miss the flop. Um, so again, these kinds of things, they're... they're there are situations that come up over and over again, and if you just play live poker, every time it happens, you say to yourself, oh, man, not again. I never know what to do in this situation. And the only way to get better at those is really to get out of your comfort zone and just play them over and over and over again until you until you get better at it. So um, so I just wanted to bring up the combat trainer because that's the one of the brand new things we just launched that is really getting rave reviews. And I think it's, uh, you know, the next, our our next greatest feature of anything we've added within the last few years. And if people like your style of teaching, they can actually uh, book training sessions one-on-one with you, uh, either via phone or Skype, or if you're in, uh, in Northern Florida area, Tampa, Jacksonville, somewhere in there, you could actually set up something with them there. Uh, how would they go about uh, setting that up with you? Uh, they can that for that they can just check steveblay.com and they'll see uh, my rates on there. I'm, I I regret that I'm I'm not cheap, but uh, <laughs> um, but I, I I think I'm worth it. I you know I've obviously <laughs> studied the game for pretty much full time for ten years now, so. Uh, um, I, I think I'm the best at what I do. And so, yeah, I, I coach here in Florida. Occasionally I travel. I had, it was just down in Sarasota a couple of weeks ago where a gentleman paid me to come down to Sarasota and coach him live for a few days. I coach out in Vegas. Anytime I'm out there, I have a lot of private students out there. So, um, always, uh, I, I really enjoy doing private coaching. I'm always looking for more people interested in that so they can just check out steveblay.com. Okay. And uh, since it's been over a year since uh, uh, the victory uh, for uh, Cui, of course, we didn't have a November 9 this past year, but Scott Blumstein did win the uh, the World Championship last summer in July. And since then, I guess you've uh, done a few uh, hand review videos with him. Yeah, Scott and I sat down and we went through the 10 most important hands from his final table experience. And we really went in-depth. Uh, you know, spending at least uh, 20 minutes going back and forth. We we recorded these these sessions where I kind of uh, I kind of helped him, you know, express his thought process in words, and uh, we talked over the hand, and I tried to you know prompt him to really get out of him exactly what he was thinking on some of these really key hands, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And and Scott also Scott just amazed me with what a talented poker mind he is i just didn't expect him to really uh be uh you know i i wasn't i i wasn't aware that he had studied the game as much as he actually had um but you know certainly his win was no was not um was not luck uh and again anyone that watched his final table as well saw that he was uh very dominating as well. Maybe not in the same way that Kui was, but he also uh, had things in control pretty much the whole way. And uh, and so that was a lot of fun. So those are also published on the website where you can watch the the hand review videos uh, where, where Scott and I discuss them. And, you know, there's also, we have content from a whole bunch of different uh, poker pros. We have this feature called the Beat the Pro Challenge where you actually get to play some hands of, poker in a particular uh, category, in a particular skill area, and then you get to watch one of our pros playing those exact same hands you just played and talking over them, you know, with, you know, giving audio commentary on why they played it the way they did. So it's a, it's a very interactive learning process where you get to play the hands first, and then you get to watch the pro 
playing those same hands. And for those, we have uh, he's got some of those from uh, the Mad Genius himself, Mike Caro, and uh, Jonathan Little, Scott Clements, um, uh, Ed Miller. You know, who's a who's an author of about a dozen Absolutely poker great. books and. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we've got lots of those Beat the Pro challenges. That's probably, the, in addition to the combat trainer, the Beat the Pro challenges are, um, you know, probably the most exciting thing on the whole site just because it is such an interactive, complete training met- method that really gets you thinking about wh- where the flaws in your own thought process are. So check it out, folks, advancedpokertraining.com. Uh, Steve Blay is the founder. Uh, the programmer, the software engineer, the poker coach uh, behind Advanced Poker Training, along with his brother, Alan. It's been uh, up since 2009, and they have over 30,000 members from 27 countries. Uh, really invite you to check it out. Uh, I guess in closing, I'll just say that of all the people that didn't like the November 9, I would think that you've got to be one of the most disappointed people that they got rid of it. Yeah, yeah, I I enjoyed, I I thought it was kind of, it was just a neat concept how all the players knew they were going to be getting at least a million dollars, and then they, so it gave them three months to hire coaches and train, and I thought it made for a very interesting final table. Thank you for your time, Steve. Uh, I think maybe uh, I need a little bit of this training. Maybe I'll jump on the site and uh, type in Big Dave and see uh, if I can learn something myself. Hey, (laughs) I look forward to playing heads up against you for a lot of money, Big Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you do. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would like that. Uh, Thanks for your time, Steve. We'll have you on again before too long. Maybe uh, as the series gets underway and you have a chance to go out there and see a few things, maybe uh, when you come home for a few days, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it when you get back. All right, great. Thanks a lot, Dave. I'll be happy to come back anytime. We appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. All right, bye-bye. Steve Blay. Great story, great uh, concept, and uh, you know the, uh, we invite you to pick up the book from Vietnam to Vegas. Uh, how I won the World Series main event championship uh, by Quee Win and Steve Blay. Uh, check it out; you can get it at any bookstore. And uh, it was a lot of fun watching that. I know it ended real early in the morning, uh, in the wee hours of the morning, and a lot of people couldn't stay up straight through. But uh, if you happen to tape it or something, go back look at look at the book and and watch along with it and uh it'll be a great experience for you i'm sure let's take our uh our break and uh, when we come back we'll hear from tony burns uh you're listening to poker action line we'll be back with more of the show when we return this is poker action line Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available. Great interview with uh, Steve Blay, and really enjoyed that, and uh, hope to have him on several more times uh, uh, 
uh, we'll get a little bit more into the site. Uh, I think I'm going to try to sign up for it, and then I can talk about it a little bit more. So we'll see what happens if I can afford it. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, let's get to our interview with Tony Burns. Doesn't need a lot of setup because it was a pretty wide-ranging interview. And uh, this was just a couple of weeks ago at the Seminole Hard Rock Showdown, the WPT final table. And uh, we sat out behind the bleachers and did the interview, so uh, we hadn't quite got to the final table yet. But uh, here's our conversation uh, about 10 days ago. We're in the brand new Hard Rock Events Center. Beautiful. Uh, we played the tournament here now and kind of opened the place. You actually had a couple of shows. But um, what are your thoughts now that you've been through a series in this place for the first time? You know, it was absolutely amazing. You know, there was, it was unknown on what it was going to look like. And I think it met uh, everybody's expectations and more, you know, from when you walk in past the old cash game room and you see the advancements in modern design in 15 years and just how, uh, you know, bright and elaborate from the chandeliers and the marble floors and just it's that new car smell everybody kept talking about. And it was absolutely, uh, the reception on was met. And, uh, it, you know, the numbers showed that players, uh, I think there was a strong drive uh, as the word got out early, I think I even read a tweet from uh, you know some of the players talking about uh, when it, when is the WSOP coming, you know joking around and but no it's uh, it was an amazing series and uh, uh, things have gone really really well. Uh, you joke about that, but you think uh, you know as Florida picks up you know more products and all of a sudden maybe someday it doesn't have to be just in Vegas. You know somebody asked me that question and. You know, I think the nostalgia of Las Vegas and the, and the foundation, I think that you'll always have roots, and, and Vegas has always been kind of the heartbeat of, you know, gambling and poker, and, and you know, I don't think that'll ever go away. You know, um, you never lose your roots to a, to a strong foundation. Not to say there can't be other opportunities for us to have uh, events of that size, you know, as we continue to grow and expand, you know, as people drive by the property, they see... Uh, you know, an amazing structure going up into the sky and hearing the players as they were flying in talking about seeing that from the sky and as they drive down the turnpike. And I can start to see it from my house now, and it's uh, it's coming to fruition. It's exciting times. Yeah, you speak of the uh, the Hard Rock Hotel going up now in the shape of a guitar. And just for our viewers uh, who haven't seen it, it's taking shape, uh, excuse the pun, but uh, uh, it, it's all of a sudden now looks like a guitar and it's going to be exciting a year from now. Yeah, I was driving by this morning and I think I was counting the uh, the floors and it looked like they're on floor number 30 right okay. now and at the top of the guitar kind of where the fender comes out and it's um, it's, a, it's a mammoth structure and truly one of a kind like CEO Jim Allen said, it's the first of its kind and I really think that once it's complete, you know, and from what I've heard, late summer 2019, obviously with construction, you never know. Yeah. But, you know, with that coming and then the Super Bowl in 2020 at Hard Rock Stadium, just all these things that are starting to come together. It's exciting times in South Florida. Just to comment on the uh, event center, it, it was strangely reminiscent of the first year they had it here. I know you weren't working here then, but I, I know you saw it when Hard Rock Live hosted on the big cement floor, uh, whatever, 75 tables, and, and a huge turnout that very first year. So uh, when I walked in here, I said, well, this is the same, only more modern looking. Uh, and what are the improvements since those days? Yeah, I heard a lot of players uh, talk about the similarities. You know, like you said, I wasn't here. But, you know, it was more intimate, the players said. You know, Hard Rock Live, it's kind of ironic. Hard Rock Live was being demolished while this series was going on. And right. actually, we were sitting in the office the other day, and I think we heard the final wall come down. And it's 3,500 seats in here compared to 7,000. So once again, you get that more intimate feeling, obviously, with it being new, the modern design. Uh, you know, everybody talk about the flooring. It's that polished concrete epoxy look. So, you know, like I said, it's modern. It's new. You know, uh, it's just uh, I don't know how to describe it because I never had many interactions with the old Hard Rock Live other than, you know, our final table of the WPT sets. But from what everybody said that's been there, that this was just, it, it, it blew it away. You know, not to say that Hard Rock Live, there was anything wrong with that, but it was just more of a, I kept hearing the word intimate feeling. Well, you've been in the big ballroom, obviously, for the last couple of huge tournaments. Um, was this a, uh, technically wise, was this a better spot for you? 
you know, there's so many moving pieces going on right now with the property, you know, as they continue to expand. You know, last year we were outside in Paradise Live. We move inside. The cash game room takes over half the ballroom. On the other side, uh, we, host, we hosted our tournaments along with the meeting rooms. Well, now the next phase is on Council Oak, uh, closed down, and they move Council Oak uh, into that half of the oh, ballroom okay. where we were uh, having our poker tournaments. So naturally we had to find a new spot. You know, we were fortunate enough that this was ready to go, and we didn't really miss a beat. Uh, the numbers have been there again this year. Um, you know, they opened up with a 3,000 uh, turnout in the opening event. I know that Bill was really thrilled with that $1,100 uh, WPT Deep Stacks event, which was kind of replacing the one in Immokalee. So uh, obviously you're going to blow those numbers out of the water, but uh, uh, huge for what you guys expected. Yes, I mean the opening event to guarantee a million, and then to have over three thousand, actually three thousand thirty to be exact, and a one point five million dollar prize pool. I mean, anytime you can do something like that, it's it's. I I can't really put into words because for a five seventy buy in for a five seventy buy in, you know, and to see the local uh, Stephen Bennett win it, uh -huh. and the top four guys taking home six figure scores. Jack Shea was in that mix. Uh, met a couple other guys, you know, familiar faces. And then, like you said, the Deep Stacks event, you know, we absorbed that event uh, after Hurricane Irma. Uh, that event was canceled over in Mockley. And then with um, that event coming over here, you know, to have over 800 for that event, once again, just, you know, another out-of-the-park number. Mm -hmm. And then sliding into the championship event, which last year we had the largest WPT single day. Last year we had 1,200, last year we had 1,207 entries in one starting day last year. Uh, obviously, last year's festival was a little different. We had the 10K finale and then the Tournament of Champions. But this year, you know, over 1,300, 1,309 in two starting days. So to grow that, um, you know, we went up against Party Poker in Barcelona. And, you know, our high roller event last year was a little bit different because of the people that were in town. Obviously, people in Barcelona, we hit the guarantee on our high roller during the dinner break with about a minute to spare. <laughs> uh, you know, last of, uh, last player came in, come, come around the corner, his name was uh, James. Uh, he had had uh, some knee issues. And I saw him, and he come around the corner, he's like, can I still get in? I'm like, we, we got you in. So uh, he was able to get in. And like I said, we had 116 for last year's high roller. Once again, it was just a different, uh, it was a different schedule, but we're still happy to hit. You know, anytime you can hit your guarantee, and you know, Brandon, Brandon Adams, awesome guy. To see him win that yesterday, uh, couldn't have been happier for him. Uh, you got a, a WPT uh, taping tomorrow for the final table of six. You're playing down to six tonight. Uh, no Mike Sexton this year. His first time. Uh, he's not going to be sitting there on the side, and Tony's. Uh, taking the reins along with Vince, and uh, so kind of a moves into a new era as far as TV coverage goes. Yeah, you know, I'm a big Tony Dunn's fan, obviously, um, all the respect for Mike Sexton. Uh, another interesting uh, addition to this series, we had Phil Helmuth in town, which Phil is the uh, host of the Raw Deal, so he came down, uh, he had a book signing, actually outside of the poke room from 7 to 8. Um, you know, Phil, I, I was actually fortunate enough to have uh, uh, dinner with him one night, and just talking about how he got into poker and listening to a true legend. And, you know, Phil's, uh, Phil knows how his images come to be, and he admits to, you know, his antics at the table. But I think at the core, if you talk to Phil, he is an amazing mind, and he's a real true gentleman. You know, I think uh, any of us are going to be high on our horse if we all won 14 bracelets. Uh, I can only imagine what my head, the size of my head would be. But I think Phil has uh, embraced uh, a role, you know, his new book, Positivity. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but he had that here. And, you know, he took a picture with anybody that walked up to him, uh, even if they didn't buy the book. So I think that kind of, that goes to show the character and how he takes on the ambassador role in poker. Yeah, I think uh, everybody spoke very highly of him. You know, he, he it'd be very easy for him to just kind of blow people off because that's what happens with superstars that get so much attention. But uh, every last one I heard, he uh, would pose with a photo, whether they bought the book or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was actually supposed to go at eight o'clock, and I believe he stayed until eight thirty. So you know, that just goes to show the character of the person that. You know, you can't buy into, we're all entitled to have a bad day, so if you meet somebody for the first time right. and you don't have a good reaction, well, they might be having a bad day. Um, you know, you see YouTube and, and the blow-ups and things like that, 
but that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's a bad person. It's just I kind of compare it to, you know, wrestling or an MMA fight like with Colby Covington. You know, Colby, you know, who he's, plays here. Who plays here. And I think he's up for a title fight in, in June up in Chicago. But he's hyped up. You know, he hypes it. He sells himself. And sometimes to be the villain or to be the bad guy, to get that attention, sometimes that's what you have to do. But in the end, when you're away from the sport and you get to see somebody just in natural, you know, surroundings, you know, Colby, I, I have conversations with Colby all the time, and he's not that same person that you see when a camera's in his face. Let me ask you about your personal life. I know you just got a house and everything, so uh, you move your, uh, your your personal life is is as great as your job life. You know, it's uh, it's amazing how the your life has, um, you know, been enjoyable for you when you made right decisions at the right time. I, th- I remember two three years ago you could have completely changed things, but you hung in there, and uh, I think you're uh, reaping the fruits now. Yeah, you know, 2013, I was faced with a big fork in the road, you know, on whether to go to Maryland uh, or stay here, and, you know, the the gamble paid off. Um, luckily, I'm still fortunate to have the relationship with Mike Smith, uh, you know, actually, who called me today. We talked about a triple limit triple draw situation, so, you know, to still have uh, that relationship with Mike is awesome. You know, when I took a step back from supervising and I went back to dealing you know, Mike even told me, he said, you're going to, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to see things in a different view, and he was absolutely right. And then I took that year and a half to deal, and then when the spot came back open here, and I put back in for the second time, you know, to land the job, and I don't think I was ready then. And now I was ready in 2015. You know, Bill Mason has really taken me under his wing and showed me another side of the business that um, I never knew. He allows me to be who I am. You know, Bill, you know, Bill deserves all the credit. You know, he's the one that, um, you know, took all the gambles. And I I did a Poker News uh, interview with uh, Sarah last week, and I said, he's really the godfather. He's the one that took all the chances. He built the relationships with all the partners that we have. You know, the logistics of all the operations, the scheduling. I mean, chiseling in the dates is, you know, showing to be the hardest thing now. To try to find a spot in the calendar that players will come to you has got to easily be the hardest thing to do. And he's, uh, you know, like you said, with the house, uh, getting back to that, I mean, go off on that tangent, but, yeah, it worked out to stay down here. You know, it's been an incredible, um, August will be three years. You know, my wife and I were fortunate enough to get a home here. My oldest is getting ready to go into kindergarten. So, you know, it's uh, it's been an amazing last few years, and I... Uh, truly blessed just to finally elaborate on that just a bit uh, you made a decision to step away from being a tournament director to go back to being a poker dealer and a lot of people would have looked at that and said wow is he nuts Uh, but you know you did what was right for your family and when it comes back around to see you here as the tournament director now I mean uh, you just can't regret anything you've done no you know and um, for me to look back I did what was right at the time you know, like I said, I just had uh, the birth of my first child. And, you know, there's something to be said to be able to put your kid to bed at night and tuck her in. And I was working 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. At running the nightly tournaments at the aisle. And at the time I went to management, I thought that, you know, my knowledge would be good enough for the day. You know, it didn't work out. I believe that everything happens for a reason, you know. And, uh, you know, like I said, the rest is history. I, you know, went back, learned a lot. Loves in the box. You know, money-wise, it was you know, about equivalent, so financially it wasn't a big hit on my wallet, and we rode the storm out, and once again, once this job came uh, open in the summer of 2015, I, I know that I was up against a lot of qualified candidates, guys that had have a lot more experience than I did. Um, I think the one big thing for me is the relationships I had with the players in South Florida, and uh, the relationship I had with Matt Savage. Matt Savage was a big advocate for me, and um, I think he saw the potential I had, and uh, I actually I joke around with him all the time. I look back on my email box. I saved the first email that I ever sent to him in 2011, you know, reaching out to him about some questions, and I've really aspired to be what he does. Like I said, I, I joke around. I, I wish I had had the same elves that work for him that can work for me and <laughs> answer questions in every time zone around the world. So in the end, it's all worked out, and I'm really excited for the future. Last topic, uh, you haven't even got to the final table, the official final table of six yet, but 
uh, as Bill mentioned to me in a brief conversation we had, I'm already working on the next one, you know. We're moving on to uh, Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open, which he told me was August 2nd through the 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, what will change about that this year? I mean, uh, we look back at the first year when that did that $12 million uh, prize pool, and then it just had the one year where they fell a little bit short. Well, not a little bit, but a lot short, but mm-hmm. uh, survived that. And when we see what happens in the poker world is some people – don't want to take the responsibility for that. The most recent thing was an incident on the Heartland Poker Tour when they tried to fudge around and give some free or half price entries to people. You know, this this stuff happens in the business. And I look back at the Hard Rock and say, you know, you guys were had huge more uh, responsibility and money on the line, and yet stood up and did the right thing. So it's always cool to see that. Yeah, Sarah brought that up last week, too. She said, uh, you know, I don't want to put you in the spot to talk about the Westgate. I'm like, yeah, I don't really do controversy. And then Matt <laughs> sent me a thing. He goes, man, it, it's okay. You can do controversy. Do controversy. You know, it's um, the one thing I can say about the Hard Rock, and I can only speak for this property before I got here and after I've been here, is that they pay their guarantees and they do the right thing. They take the high road. You know, when they put something out there, they stick to it. And I think the players see that, and they respect it and they appreciate it and they show it by coming back every year the easiest way to show that you don't appreciate somebody's business uh ideas tactics or what they do in the end is just not to show up and you know we're really solidifying the brand here and like bill said we're getting ready for the shrpo in in august which those dates were correct august 2nd through the 14th uh right now we're still planning on doing the 5253 million uh, the Big Four, we're looking to bring that Big Four con- uh, concept back. Uh, now I believe this will be year number four. The biggest thing we wanted to see was how this series was going to go. We didn't know how things were going to shape, take shape you know, here in this new event center. So now we know the amount of tables that we can get in. We're going to learn a lot from this series, you know, and I joke around, we're, we're going to learn a lot over the next year, and then we're going to be right out of here again <laughs> by the time we finite it. But uh, it's, like I said, very fortunate that the Seminole Hard Rock Hollywood, the, the brand, is growing. They are willing to give up the space, you know, and they are investing into poker. They care about poker players. Um, and we're, like I said, it just the, the future is, is incredible to see what is going to come over the next few years. I, I, you know, there's some, obviously, some early talks about 2020, and... Uh, I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could tell them because I'm busting out the seams to talk about them. But it, that's how excited I am about what we're doing. Well, when the series ends in mid-July, uh, before football season starts, we kind of know now that the, the SHRPO in August is the place to be. So that's got to be gratifying. Yeah, you know, right after the World Series is over, you know, players can kind of take a breath, you know, uh, and kind of reload uh, up a little bit if they've had a tough summer. And come here, and then you know they generally go right from here to Barcelona. So it's kind of a nice flow for those guys. We pick up a lot of the high roller guys, you know, direct flight back over. And it's and really that first two weeks in August has shown to be the the right time of year. Once again, it, it boils down to picking the right time and and places that overlap us or other big established brands. You know, they're gonna if they're around that same price point. Like we respected Barcelona enough not to run the 50k buy-in and i think if we were to try to run that 50k buy-in i think we would have seen a lot of pro- uh, a lot of problems right. based on the the names that we saw over there like i said we you know we hit our 25k right on the head but you have to respect other properties you got to try to do your best to to look in advance but we have we've carved out a great niche in august and so uh, we're, we're ready to go we're going to be out in vegas this summer uh, again at the booth um, starting with Colossus all the way through the end. I want to be out there for 10 days in the beginning, 10 days at the end to set up and break down. You know, just once again, pushing our brand. It's funny, like I joke around sometimes, to think that people east, or excuse me, west of the Mississippi haven't heard about what we're doing yet. I mean, they have, but they might not have, mm-hmm. you know, made the flight down here. You know, Phil talked about it. He loved being here, but he talked about the flight. You know, for a lot of people, making that five-hour flight, you know, it's cumbersome to them. So... But uh, I think anybody that comes down here and tries our tournaments, because I truly believe that we run the best tournaments in the world. You know, I'll go up, I'll go toe to toe against any other poker brand out there, 
and what we do and how accessible we are to listen. How players can walk up and you know players tell me that all the time, like, hey Tony, between you and Matt, you guys are easily the most accessible tournament directors out there. And um, you know that's, that that goes to say, uh, goes to show some. That's why I think that the Seminole Hard Rock brand and the WPT brand these are some of the most successful tournaments. Um, you know we now own the first, second, and fourth largest WPT field size in history. Right. And, and like I said, those uh, our collaboration with our partners proofs in the pudding. I always say congratulations to you, but it's certainly deserved. Uh, appreciate your time. No, Dave, we've we've had a good time over the years. It's uh, hard to believe. I was looking back. It's this is year number eleven in South Florida, and uh, I'd have to look back on on our first show together. I want to say it was probably oh eight oh nine, and to think that ten years later, I, I don't. When we did our first show, I don't know if I knew we were we would be sitting here, and, and <laughs> but I'm very humbled and grateful to for people like you in the business that that add to poker and uh you know once again i i, I push all all my friends out there and people that like to listen to poker and, and minds to listen to your show and and uh greatly appreciate what you do appreciate that as well thanks tony burns the uh tournament director at the seminole hard rock uh closing in on three years as he mentioned that's uh pretty amazing but uh uh, we've been around, and I can remember the first time I did have him on the show. I think it was 2010. I think he mentioned 2009, but I think it was our first year. And uh, threw a couple curveballs at him, I remember. So he always uh, he's teases me about that. But uh, good guy and a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, we uh, loved hearing from Tony. And uh, that's going to do it for the show. Our thanks again to Steve Blay uh, for joining us early in the program. And uh, we do hope to have him back on again. So uh, that's going to do it. Joe will be back next week. Uh, we're working on a couple of things as far as guests go. And uh, we'll see what happens as the series gets closer. We'll talk more about that next week and on other editions of the show. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Line. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 